All right, what's up? Welcome to another episode, another edition of the Pull Up and Chat podcast. Got my boy Victor over there. You want me to give you an introduction on last week, or is this fine? My boy Victor. I mean, that's good. That'll work. <laughs> Actually, you know what? I'm going to return the favor this week and give you an introduction. I'll start by requesting a round of applause that I'm going to give uh, to you so you can give yourself a round of applause. And that is, you know, to, to say on the podcast, on record, a congratulations to you and your wife for celebrating, what is it, five years of marriage? Five, five years of years. marriage. I, I have to remember. I don't have a choice. I mean, no, <laughs> I, I would hope that you remember, given the fact that you don't remember anything. I'm actually, glad you at least remember that. To that, I actually have a sign that I bought as a wedding anniversary. Um, yeah. It has the day we started dating. It has the day I proposed. And then it has the uh, the day we got married. So okay. it has all three important dates so that I'd never forget that, <laughs> any of I those mean, dates. That That is a very, very smart thing that, that you did right there. So props to you for doing that. <laughs> but, you know, um, I do want to say for the record, you know what I mean, as part of my congratulations. But I got to be a little petty because otherwise, like, oh, I wouldn't be me. Like, because... <laughs> You and, you know, and your your beautiful wife, Julissa, you know, who we've been friends for a while, you know, are, are the consummate New Yorkers. And so, you know, but I happen to see on social media that for celebrating your anniversary, all of a sudden you guys not only came to New Jersey, but you were in my neck of the woods. Like, <laughs> like I could basically like walk to where you guys were celebrating your anniversary. So I'm just throwing that out there that the New Yorkers came to New Jersey to celebrate. So at least, you know, I'm just I'm just throwing that out there. I don't have I mean? listen, I don't have anything, I don't have any problems with Jersey. All right. Actually, my wife, I'm gonna throw her under the bus. She's the one that has issues with Jersey. I've actually Damn. Made offers. Yes, I'm doing that on the pod. I'm throwing yeah. her under the bus. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've actually, I've actually made offers for us to move to Jersey. We really, especially when we were on our way to the spa. I remember going through the spa. I'm like, yo, this is this is beautiful. Now look, there's a oh. bus stop right there for me to take the bus to work. Like I was joking around like that, and she was still like, nah, nah, nah. <laughs> dirty ass streets <laughs> yeah. that's what she was really saying. compared I, to new york i know I mean, come on now, listen but. i can't i try i try so i'm throwing her under the bus she's actually the one that's anti anti jersey got it well considering that you just threw her under the bus like that i hope you make it to your 10 year anniversary because um <laughs> man that that's that listen you gotta have guts to throw her under the bus like that but hey we gotta be honest what i'm here, just man. saying is you know we out here in jersey you know there's <laughs> stuff to do out here too so but now nah, all jokes aside congratulations to you guys you thank know, you bro five thank years, you you know like of marriage not a lot of people make it to that five-year gap. So congratulations to you. And may there be a lot more five-year anniversaries adding up, you know? Let's go. Yeah. Yeah, man. So let's get into today's show. We got we got a fun episode today. You know, we start off with the little things that kind of caught our attention. And this one isn't so much that caught our attention, but uh, a week ago when we recorded our last episode, we were usually record on Tuesdays right now. You know, we gave our thoughts and predictions going into um, game six of the NBA finals. And, you know, we were kind of on the edge of where to go into a game seven. Obviously, you know, 
it didn't, so we didn't really get a chance to kind of give our thoughts nope. of what happened in Milwaukee, you know, the Milwaukee Bucks winning. And so I just wanted to touch on it so for all, both of us to kind of like, you know, say our thoughts, you know, on my end, like, I actually found myself being very happy for, for Milwaukee and particularly for Giannis because the more you know his story, the more you know what he came from, it's really hard to root against a person like that, you know. And while I thought going into the series that, you know, Phoenix had the, the better identity, I think I was right in that regard, in, you know, not to like say, oh, I was right in some level. But I thought it was going to be a series of identities and who yeah. identities was yep. going to be stronger. And I thought Phoenix's was. But you know what? I was wrong. It, you know, it was Milwaukee's identity that that won. But it was their identity that won because the, the factor that I saw as the series went on is them going away from Giannis at the three-point line bullying people down in the block and as the series went on you just saw the difference between Giannis and Andre Ayton and his inability to just or anybody in Phoenix, anybody's yeah inability to stop the the freight train that is Giannis down in the block and so hats off to them for winning it um they are definitely a team I think last year more people picked them last year than they did this year obviously because of Brooklyn but Hats off to them, man, and their, you know, their championship run. And, the, I mean, the East is going to still be – it's going to be interesting next year. What yeah. do you think about that? I think if you need if you need an image of how hard a guy like Giannis has worked to get to that – to this point, you know, where he's a champion now, just yeah. look at how he came into the league. Skinny, yeah. 100 – looked like 120 pounds. Um, yeah. And to where he is today uh, – he plays the four, can play the five. He's an absolute beast. And as you said, look at what he did to Aiton, where he was dogging him. They even took Crowder off of him because Crowder couldn't do anything. So yeah. it just it, it just shows you how hard Giannis has worked to get to where he's gotten to right now. And it's, in, it's an incredible run. I actually made a list of the most impressive runs since 2010. And I want to get your thoughts on this. Um, but before I do that, um, again, what, what what Giannis did is incredible, man. Like, he's on a list right now. This is the most points per game in a final series win. Michael Jordan, the GOAT, obviously, number one, 41 points per game, 1993. You know, there's Shaq twice, 2000 and 2002. Michael Jordan again, 92. Kevin Durant, 2017. And then Giannis at 35.2 points per game this year. That's how impressive this guy has been. Not only that, he's the only he's only one of two players, which I think we talked about last episode. Only one of two players. That other player is who? Michael Jordan, of course, because yeah. Michael Jordan's in everything. One of only two players to win multiple MVPs, defensive player of the year, and finals MVP. So he's joined a literally an elite list with only Michael Jordan of players to be able to accomplish that. So the guy He's one of the all-time greats. I think we can say that, even though he's only 26 years old. He's one of the all-time greats. It, it was definitely an impressive run. We can, you know, nitpick. You know, they played injured an in, in injured Brooklyn Nets team or whatever. You know, we can nitpick whatever we want. It was definitely an impressive run. It was one of the top three most impressive runs for me since 2010. Um, did I give you that list or, or I didn't do that? No. Well, so I have number one, the 2011 Mavericks. Okay. Um, beating the big three, Miami Heat, which we all thought were in, in you know, invincible. 
Right. The 2014 Spurs, okay. the way they dismantled the Miami Heat, this is yeah. not something against LeBron, but just the way that in the fashion that they beat that big three in Miami was incredible. Yeah. And nobody, nobody thought that was going to happen, and that's the most impressive part for me. And then I have at number three is that 2021, this team, the, the Milwaukee Bucks, and what they were able to do and what Giannis was able to do throughout the entire playoffs, no matter who he was playing up against. So, man, an incredible run. Great series, as you said. Um, I picked them to win in game six. I don't know what was your pick, but I know I picked them to no, win in game I, I six. Wanted, I mean, I said I wanted the series to go to yeah. seven, you know, because yeah. I still kind of was hoping Phoenix can turn it around. But I said I wouldn't. I think I, I said I wasn't surprised if they ended there because yeah. the way that he just started to dominate as the series went on, for a guy who we didn't even know was gonna play the first couple of games because of that injury, True. yeah, it um, it, you couldn't just help but be like, yo, this is, you know, it's like Thanos. This was inevitable. Like as the series <laughs> went on, you just saw his powers come about in a way that I think is. I know you mentioned the list of like Shaq and Jordan, and I'm not here to be prisoner of the moment, but it's. The reason why I say this is as impressive as those things that you talked about is because the way that the game is played now is so anti what Giannis is in the yeah. sense that we are in the three in the, the three point phase. You know, when Shaq was dominating, there were a lot of center. He was just a man among boys. Yep. You know what I mean? But now that. Most of the, the, the guys are athletic. You have a lot of guys, 6'10", or whatever, doing what they do. But to be able to combine the speed, the athleticism, the strength, it's in a three-point shooting league. It's unbelievable for him to just play like an old-school kind of way and just simply dominate. So it was it was impressive, as as I can remember, in, in, in a really long time. Did you hear what he said about the, you know, obviously what his ring means – Compared to super teams, I don't know if you've heard about. You heard I about heard that. some of it, but not not vaguely. Uh, not not all of it. So I he, he's say. definitely been taking subtle shots. It it definitely gonna intensify that rivalry against the Brooklyn Nets because you know that's a super team, superstars right. coming together, and he he's obviously against that. He's said it since the beginning. I would rather win a championship. This is what he said. I would rather win a championship in my home city, and that I did it rather than going and taking the easier route and joining a super team, joining other superstars. Yeah. <laughs> you know, he's taking shots, obviously, at oh, Kevin Durant absolutely. and the Brooklyn Nets, yeah. LeBron James and the Lakers. He's taking his shots. I mean, listen, he he's, we won the finals. So let him talk his talk. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Like, you know, it's something that... Uh, it's funny how he was telling, you know, a couple of weeks ago, he was saying Kevin Durant was the best player, but now all of a sudden you win and you, like you said, you can talk that talk. So, <laughs> you know, hats off to him. Like there's, if there's anything that, that, you know, um, that we can say is that there's different ways of doing things and people can come up here and say, like, people can say all they want about Kevin Durant, for example. And I've been someone who at some point is like, you know, didn't like, to this day, I didn't necessarily like the move, but what's undisputable is number one, they won. Yeah. Like those titles, nobody can take it, take them away from him. And number two, even if he was joining the super the super team, he was the best player on that super Thank team. So you. it wasn't like Thank he you. went in there to kind of like ride the wave and win and win a title. So it's kind of like there's different ways, you know. Like Giannis, he didn't form a super team, but let's 
you know, we can't people that want to like now all of a sudden prop him up over Kevin Durant aren't forgetting. You know what? They didn't build a quote unquote super team, but they also didn't have a bunch of scrubs out there like they couldn't. They got waxed last year by Miami. And what did they have to do to their credit? They made adjustments. They yeah. brought in people. They went in. Listen, you can make the argument that Drew Holiday was without the, without him. They don't win because the homeboy was not only played decent on the offensive side, but more than anything, like on defense, locking down Devin Booker and Chris Paul and anybody yeah. you put in, yep. front, in front of him. Yep. They got P.J. Tucker. So it's not like they ran out here with like, you know, um, with the cats from down the block, like, no, they put a team <laughs> together. It just so happened, again, to their credit. Yeah. I think this speaks yep. more to Milwaukee as opposed to, like, Oklahoma City is that Oklahoma City had the the, the ingredients to build a dynasty in having Kevin Durant, Russell Westbrook, and James Harden, not by, like, signing them by drafting them by they drafting had them, them there yeah. and instead of like saying you know what let's keep this together let's build around them they were like nah they started trading away pieces and to this day you can see oklahoma city hasn't Still been able to do anything picking Whereas up pieces milwaukee was like nah we got something here we got the guy already so let's get what he needs in yeah. order to win yep. so hats off to them for doing it yep that's true yeah man so another thing that kind of like caught my attention or uh, that happened over the weekend. I think it was on Friday of last week that was announced is the, the Cleveland baseball team formerly, well, no, still currently still currently. Yeah. The Cleveland Indians uh, finally announced their name that they're going to be switching to uh, next year, which is going to be the Cleveland guardians. <laughs> I'll toss it to you. No, like I'll toss it to you. No. Cause I honestly, like I, I didn't know where to go, but I'm actually a fan of this. I actually like it, and here's why. Before I guess I, I toss it over to you, like Guardians, I know that in the front end it sounds a little like cheesy, especially you know for the 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 people that um you know are into like Marvel movies, Guardians of the Guardians Galaxy, of the all of these type of things or whatever. But I think that a that's not a bad name. B names don't matter, man. As long as you win. Listen, we we have people out here telling um the Washington football team to stay as the Washington football team because it just catches on. I think more than anything, you have teams named after birds. I was watching baseball last night. The Chicago Cubs, they're not even bears. They're Cubs. Cubs. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? And so at the end of the day, what they need to concern themselves is winning a championship, which they still haven't done in yeah. their 50 something year old history or whatever. I know they came close in 2016, but that's what they need. And at the end of the day, if they build the winning culture, people are going to embrace this name. I think we have to take away, get to the place. I should say where team names. And this is not about being politically correct. This is about getting rid of names that we know are rooted in taking somebody else's culture. So hats off to them for doing it. Now just win be competitive, be a great, uh, be a great baseball team, a consistent baseball team. And listen, 50 years from now, they're going to be there. There'll be a generation of people that only knows them or generations that only know them yep. as the guardians. And that's going to be either yep. a great team or a bad team. Yep, and that's, that's what's going to matter. in the That's end. exactly where, where I ended up. I laughed at the beginning with, 
because of your reaction. Because I, I, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, that's why I laugh. But like to me, it doesn't really matter. Like, so what? Cleveland Guardians. So what? It sounds funny if, or if it means something to them. Whatever. As long as you're not offending anyone, right? And you're producing on the field, then why does it? Why does it really matter? You know, I, I was having this conversation with with some of our friends. Um, and, and we were talking about it like, you know, oh, it's funny. Why would they change it to the Guardians? I don't know. Maybe it means something to them. Right. But what they had before just wasn't it. Like yeah. they said, oh, so what if they asked me a, a question that I call? So what if the Boston Red Sox, if it, if, if that name had a, a negative history, what if they decided to change it? Would you as a fan be OK with it? I said, honestly, I don't care. I'm still going to root for the team. I don't care right. what their name is. I'm rooting for the team. That's what I'm rooting for. So yeah. props to the to to, the, to this Cleveland team, um, you know, for for making that step, for taking that step and changing the name. The name doesn't, you know, once you change it to whatever and it's not offensive, whatever you decide to change it to, as long as it's not offensive, it doesn't matter. As yeah, long as like, you produce on the field, it doesn't matter. Yeah, like listen, I'm here for that to answer that question as not as a who somebody who roots for a team whose name may no somebody whose team name actually does and that's the Atlanta Braves I've grown up an Atlanta Braves fan and I was having the conversation when I first you know when they first announced the name and I was having the conversation with my fiance and I was like I'm I've rooted for this team my whole life or at least as, as soon as I started watching baseball and I want the Atlanta Braves to be next or be down the line as far as the team that changes because while the term brave has an amazing meaning you want to be brave yeah the reality is is that that culture especially in the 90s when i when i was um watching baseball was appropriating native american culture like you had people doing war chants and all of these things in on the field that have no nothing vested in real uh, african um excuse me native american culture and it's just about like doing these things as gimmicks you know waving tomahawks and stuff of like that so listen i would like if they change their name to whatever will that make me less of a fan no as long as they win they like they are a good team people are gonna root for them and so people that are always like no that that takes identity no identities change and so team, and this is not even a person, this is a team. So if they do that and they are good, if they put, like you said, a decent product every year on the team, people aren't gonna care. People are gonna show up, they're gonna root for their team. And now all of a sudden you we can start working towards a system where like we're not appropriating other people's culture and just making money off of it with not without giving anything back because it's not like any of these teams had foundations yeah to help native americans or anything like that no they were just straight straight Rel up yeah. monetizing their identity and making money off of it that to, to I'm, i don't i I would never understand like and I've, I've tried to have conversations with people who who have been against the change of the name and i, and I just don't understand where they're coming from if Damn. if it were you let's say we're dominicans and and there was a team name out there with a, a, a name that was offensive to our culture, wouldn't you be for the change of that team name? So Absolutely. just because it doesn't affect you, because that's, you're not a Native that's American, what it comes down yeah, to. of course that's that's what it is. Or just that's because easy. you are not Native American and it doesn't affect you, it doesn't yep. mean that those that have spoken up against this, who were primarily Native, Native American people, 
that they're not offended with that kind of, you know, with, with that team name. So I'm 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 never gonna understand like where these people come from. Those that no, are against those names. That's exactly why they do it. And so people a lot of people are reluctant to change, but guess what? That's what evolution is, is change. And so it's gonna happen whether you want it you as in generally speaking wanted to or not. And so those people eventually they'll be the same ones that if they win and they were fans of Cleveland, they're gonna be in front in line, like yo, with their guardians hat or whatever yep. they call the team. Um, moving forward, yep, but props true. to them for doing <laughs> it. It's long overdue, and there's a few more that need to change down the line. Yep. So getting into a little bit different, a uh, different conversation that's kind of like, I guess, um, signs of the time. I think is the best way to describe it, and that's we're about roughly a month away from football season started. Yeah. Starting, I know that people um, are reporting to camps, but Similar to last week's conversation where we were talking about the SEC implementing these, uh, I guess, standards of vaccination for, for their teams, the NFL just dropped the hammer on people. Oh, where yeah. They're like, yo, either you're going to get this vaccine or you're going to lose out. And so basically they're telling teams that, listen, if the games are going to happen, we we not rescheduling, we're not doing that thing that last year where there were games on Wednesdays and so on and so yeah. forth. So basically it's like you get vaccinated or your team is going to, you're going to get fined. Your team is going to get fined. You're going to lose out. People are not going to get paid. And so we've already seen reluctancy. I, I read somewhere about an, an assistant coach in Minnesota walking away because he doesn't, didn't want them to get vaccinated and so on and so forth. So, where do you, I, I think I know where you stand on this situation, but I still <laughs> want to get your two cents on like the policy and everything that's kind of like going to come to a head as the football season hasn't even started yet. I learned about this story because I ran into something about DeAndre Hopkins um, yes. threatening basically not to play because he d he's not going to get vaccinated. And I, I, again, as we said previously, for the life of me, I don't understand like i know there are some people that you know again as i said in our last episode because of medical reasons may opt not to take the vaccine right because they probably have some underlying conditions that nobody knows about obviously they do and they're afraid of the effects this vaccine may have on their current condition so i get people who have that concern but then there are the majority the the, the majority of the group that is just not doing it because they uh, quote unquote don't trust the government or they're inserting a chip or whatever you know you've heard all sorts of things yeah. and these guys i just don't understand like what what do you want like are you really willing to lose money because that's what's going to end up happening if you if games are forfeited and teams are canceling games because of covid outbreaks you know the owners are going to have to cover for the losses because they're going to lose money, not just the players, but also the team, you know? So I just feel like if, if you want your money, you can't have it both ways. If a company is saying you need to do this so that we can protect our business, your business, because you're making millions and millions out of this business so that we can protect this product, get vaccinated. Oh, well, you have questions. We have doctors, medical professionals here that are willing to explain 
everything about this vaccine because the information is out there. That's why you've seen this sudden change, even from like guys like Sean Hannity, that all of a sudden he's promoting the vaccine now after months and months and Republicans after months and months of, you know, downplaying the virus, downplaying the vaccine. Now, all of a sudden, because this is involved. Yep. Now they want to promote the vaccine. So the information has always been there. You can get informed, especially the NFL players. You've got medical professionals there to give you information. So what reason is there for you to basically jeopardize your money and not get vaccinated? What What's the reason for that? That's the question I have. Like, can someone please explain to me? Can you, Vic, explain to me? what What's the reason for you? Okay, I'm not going to get vaccinated. I'm willing to lose money. Most of these dudes aren't informed about it. Like, what is it? What is it that's stopping these guys from basically risking their money? I mean, to, when I, as I've been hearing these things, a, a person that, that kind of stood out, even before DeAndre Hopkins was Cole Beasley, yeah. the, the wide receiver of Buffalo, how he came out, like, very strong and so on and so forth. To me, the two things that kind of came to my mind, number one is politics and misinformation i think you just touched upon it but it matters it matters especially where where you come from because we can see it when, when we look at it and more on the macro level we can see it in society how people throughout this whole process because of where they come from where their elected officials what they're saying have just refused to, you know, call this a hoax. And then when it wasn't a hoax, then it's now, like, as you mentioned, that they're trying to put trackers and then they're trying to do this or whatever, whatever. Because there's one thing, as you mentioned, for the people that have reluctancy. And I'm not even here. Look, I'm, I'll be honest right here, right now. I haven't been vaccinated. But my term is not yet. And there are personal reasons, as you said. Yeah why that's the case, which I won't get into in in this particular conversation. But one of the reasons that I can stand here and say that I haven't, it's not because I believe this thing is a hoax. It's not because I believe that there's going to be a tracker being put inside me or anything like that. And it's not because, you know, I just refuse to to acknowledge the medicine or the like the, the science behind it. But guess what? Sitting here right now having this conversation as someone who isn't vaccinated, I also know that if my choice, which is which it is not to be vaccinated tomorrow means that I can't do A, B or C, then I can't complain. Yeah. And that's the other part about this is how as a society, we have to a certain extent become entitled because it's like, okay, you don't want to get it, fine. But as you mentioned, you can't have it both ways. Because what's going to happen if there's an outbreak and the games need to be canceled? and Or somebody does get sick and the effect on them as this, you know, these new variants are popping up is grave. Can they personally sue you if it's found out that, let's say, for example, if Cole Beasley gets the virus... It nothing happens to him, but he infects one of his teammates and that teammate ultimately gets sick and potentially dies. Can he be sued yeah. for getting sick? And so it's like, like you said, you, this is work. 
So if your company, right, because we have to, just like we talk about NFL owners when they do something bad, we also have to say what it is. This is, is does money play a factor into this? Absolutely. But this isn't a part about greed. This is a part about business. They are, they run a billion business. dollar business that can be affected, which was affected last year because of this virus. It continues to affect them. And so they're trying to mitigate the ways that this thing can continue to affect them and their business, which ultimately pays these players. Yeah. And so for them to now all of a sudden want to be like, well, I don't want to get it, but I want to play. I want to be do everything that I do. I want to keep collecting my money and have absolutely no consequence. Man, that's entitlement. Because again, you want to, let's say, not take it. Okay, then sign a form that says, well, if you get somebody sick, then they can sue you. Yeah. Right? Like, take the responsibility. Because if you're trying to say, like, you can't make me do stuff, then fine. But take the responsibility that comes with it. Yeah. You know, so I, I give props to the NFL and the NFL owners for setting a standard because this is their business. And so players have a choice. You don't want to do it. Go sit down. Go find Cole Beasley. Go find another job. Go, you know, like if it means that you can't play in the NFL, it's like an injury. If he gets injured, then he can no longer play. So if this is something that's going to impede you from playing, then go find another job. And the last thing, well, there's two things I would say. The one part I didn't like about the new policy, as I, as I read, and correct me if I'm wrong, is that they said that if the game is canceled because of an outbreak, then both teams will for well the team that'll forfeit, but both teams won't get paid. What to me, that's something that I heard. I'm I, I apologize, but I'm I'm pretty sure I got that right. And if that's true, I think that that sucks. Because that sucks. Yeah. Yeah, it's not fair for if one team is doing their thing and they got everybody. Um, you know, vaccinated. I think the logic behind that is like, hey, you guys are a union, a players union. Well, see that on that level, get your people in line so that we can keep playing this ball, keep making this money and so on and so forth. So I think that's the sentiment. But it's kind of unfair that if you have a team full of people that don't want to do the do the right thing or don't follow, not even do the right thing, don't want to follow the, the, yeah. the standards that the other people that are actually doing it are going to get penalized as well. So that part, I'm kind of like, you know, a little yeah, if that's me. true, I'm, I'm iffy about that too. I think the right? bottom line here is, are they, are they willing to lose money? Because one of the things that came out was unvaccinated NFL players will be subjected to a fine of $14,650 every time they violate COVID-19 procedures. So like, are you really willing to lose all that money? Because, again, most of these most of these guys are just misinformed. Yeah, that's, that's all it is. Saying, the politics and the misinformation matters. And I'll leave it here with this to to kind of put my end on the on the on the topic. the The other part that kind of like threw me for a loop with all of these guys, including DeAndre Hopkins, because I don't I don't want to just leave it to Cole Beasley or whatever. Is like these guys play a sport that is inherently violent. That right now, science has 
told us will likely cause or could potentially cause brain injury and CTE. I see where they you're going with this. They <laughs> go through their careers and most of them end up in with painkillers and all of that. And they willingly walk into that every Sunday, giving up their bodies, putting their bodies on the line through all of this. But this is where they draw the line where it's like, well, I'll go get hit and potentially screw up my brain for life, but I won't get this done. You know what I mean? Like when I was listening to it, I was like, wait a second, like, Make that like that's the part where I'm make like, it make that make sense. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah. dude, like if you're telling me that you don't are not trying to do this because it's a risk for you, bro, what you do for a living is, is a, a risk. risk. Yeah. Without like, you know, without any before you, there's an injection put in your body, those painkillers that you take on a weekly basis, a lot of them do just to go out there and perform on Sundays. Those are a risk to your health. We talked so about the, H, the HGH that we, we right. think most of these like, dudes are taking anyways. Right. So how is it that you're willing to do all of these things to your body, but then this is the one that you don't want to do? Yeah. So that's what I'm saying that at the core of it, for, I believe in for a lot of this, it's about where these people live, the politics the and politics the social politics it. of where they live and the misinformation because... To, to your point, my jaw dropped when I saw the governor of, of Florida the other day talking about, like, doing a complete 180. Talking about, oh, you know, the people that are recently getting vaccinated are the people that, that ha um, excuse me, the people that are at the hospital are the people that haven't been vaccinated. So, you know, the vaccine helps. So go out and get it. This was number one guy, basically, next to the former president talking about like this wasn't a hoax or he was up there along yeah. with, you know, some other ones. So yeah. I really think it, it's played a lot of a big part in this. So you have a lot of people that are misinformed and now it's going to take basically informing them to hopefully see where they are. But they, you can't have it both ways. Yeah, the, and you got to give you, you got to give props to the league, you know, and I'll end with this. They're showing. um you know, that they don't want to cancel. They're showing that they're care, number one. Whether it's for the money or whatever it is, whatever their motivation is, they obviously don't want to cancel games. They don't want to reschedule games um, with this new, you know, get vaccinated or don't play uh, policy. And then at the end of the day, players are either going to get vaccinated or they're going to, there's a chance that they lose money or don't play. So they're going to have to pick which one they want and they're going to have to get it done. So we actually got, I don't know if you heard, but we actually got some breaking news right before we um, started this episode. And it's obviously revolving around Aaron Rodgers. So Aaron Rodgers actually, you know, he indicated that he plans to play this upcoming season. And there were reports uh, about this new agreement, these new terms that the Packers and Aaron Rodgers are um, potentially agreeing on. And according to, to the reports, this would set up Aaron Rodgers to basically, you know, opt to leave Green Bay after this season, per the sources out there. So this is crazy because this is a complete 360 um, from where we stood. 180, 180. Yeah, 180, sorry, yeah. From where we stood last week, or not even the weekend, to where we stand right now. And obviously the way we framed the question was, you know, do we think 
Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers situation, how do we think it'll end? So I'm still going to toss the question to you because there's still some uncertainties after this upcoming season with Aaron Rodgers and the Packers. How do you think that's eventually going to end? I mean, if the reports are true, it's going to end up like him kind of pulling a Tom Brady and, you know, writing the, the last chapter of his career in another team. You know, if, if the reports are there that he's, uh, you know, coming to this, you know, this uh, coming back this week. He actually reported today. Oh, yeah, yeah, you're absolutely right. I did remember seeing the video right before we started recording that he did show up to camp. So. I guess he is going to write, you know, a final chapter somewhere else. But to me, I think that this is to me is a mistake, to be quite honest with you. I think that if his sentiment was to leave, which by all indications, that's what it was. Because when you hear the reports that were said throughout the course of like the last couple of weeks where yeah. he turned down the deal to be the highest paid player yep. in the NFL in the history of the NFL in the history of the NFL. That's absolutely right. In order to leave, that means that this was, which I kind of been saying the whole time that this wasn't about money, that this was about respect and or power or a combination of both where he wanted to leave and the money didn't really matter. But if that was your sentiment, then, man, you had to see this through because a year changes a lot. And I think that. And listen, I don't want to sound like, you know, conspiracy theory or that people are going to be nefarious or or whatever. But he opens himself to a lot of things to go wrong by basically saying like, yo, I'm here. But a year from now, I'm out. Like, what do you do as a teammate when you know that the guy is there, but he wants to leave? You know what I mean? Like as those role players that you know, feel like, yo, after next year, we're going to go back to sucking because um, we ain't going to have, as a matter of fact, not even going back. They're just going to suck because for the last 25 what, years, <laughs> right? Green Bay has, they've only won two championships, but they've always been relevant because they've had two of the best quarterbacks, arguably in the history of the NFL, yeah. one back to back. I don't know, maybe Jordan Love will be the third and will be the person that, you know, Green Bay thinks he's going to be. But as a teammate, like, how do you look at this guy across the locker room? Maybe there are players that are empathetic and going to be like, yo, we get it. You know why you want to leave or whatever, whatever. But it's like so much. You open yourself. We talked about in the last conversation, the last topic about injuries. This is a game that's inherently violent. And then I know that for quarterbacks, they tend to get protected. But at the end of the day, man, it could still happen. It could still happen. He's yeah. gotten injured. The, some of the greatest quarterbacks have gotten injured in recent history. So it's like, if you wanted to leave, man, I I felt that he should have stood his ground. And even if that meant sitting away, sitting the year or whatever, because it's just too many variables that can go wrong next year. And even if you come back next year and you'd be like, yo, never mind, I'm going to stay. I mean, the people of Green Bay are going to be happy. Um, Most football players are going to be like, but at the same time, I think most football fans, excuse me, are going to be like, ah, whatever, you know, because we have the no retention span. Yeah. But I think it just sucks that, like, if you want it out, this is your best opportunity to do it now. To put it for next year, man, like so many things can go wrong. Like, that's I why, just don't know why he would do that. That's why I think this was about the money. 
and hear me out because again I'm, I was on the side that the Packers held the cards they basically dictate what was going to happen with Aaron Rodgers because if Aaron Rodgers didn't show up Aaron Rodgers wouldn't get paid that was something that I kept mentioning from the beginning if Aaron Rodgers doesn't show up he doesn't get paid period that's why I wasn't surprised I actually tweeted this out the minute it came out I wasn't shocked when this report came out because man who all these players are about their money. And if you if if the relationship was so broken as we both have, you know, had conversations about this, if the relationship was so broken, then playing one year with the Green Bay Packers wasn't an option. It can't be an option if it's so broken as you say it is. All these reports because it's him, it's him speaking through through the media. If the, if it were true, playing one year wouldn't be an option with the Green Bay Packers and as you said, you would have stood your ground. Yeah. But money talks, bro. Like, you ain't about to let go of millions and millions of dollars. Obviously, the Packers gave him an, an option, gave him a, 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 a new path for him to leave, you know, sooner than the three years that he was, you know, supposed to be there with the Green Bay Packers. But still, this was about money. He didn't want to lose money. That's what it was no. all about. He just didn't want to lose money. And it, it does bring into question like you know how serious were you about this because as you said uh, and you mentioned like you're, you're still kind of like budging in right and you're still playing one year with the green bay packers so how are these players gonna take you in now they they can say listen i know where you're coming from i could see the disrespect something that we probably don't see and i could see where they might have disrespect to you or whatnot but then there might be some players that might just be like yo bro like Nah, you did us dirty, bro. You try to leave yeah, us just out being and drive. A diva, a yeah. diva, like like most quarterbacks are thought of yeah. as divas. Yeah, that's true. So it's, I I don't know how this is gonna affect that locker room, but it does look kind of shady that you know you went from I'm not gonna play, I'm gonna stay in my ground, and you're still playing for the Green Bay Packers even if it's for a year. So how serious were you about this? Yeah, I completely agree with you. So and I was shocked because. Obviously, I don't know Aaron Rodgers personally on any sort of level other than like, you know, watching him yeah. and reading what's what's happening and stuff. But he it did seem or at least he made it clear that that money wasn't the priority, you know. And so because when you are given the opportunity to be the, the highest paid player in NFL history and you say no, Man, then that means you're saying like, yo, ain't there's no there's not enough money in the world that you can give me yeah. for me to stay. And so for all of a sudden for you to come out like come back, I get the 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 you know the I guess the logic before be uh, behind not wanting to lose a year's worth of salary, but then that means that that year's worth of salary is more important than any um, I guess moral or any standard that you had about respect, because like you said, then then that means that the money did talk or yeah. it spoke it spoke at a higher uh, volume than whatever his morals or or his moral compass was. And so again, that's on him to decide. But for me, just strictly as a fan watching it from the side from the sidelines, it. it it kind of sucks because you you're saying here or you led most of us to believe that this was about principle 
that this was about respect. This is about, you know, being jaded over the fact that they drafted your replacement or what happened at the playoffs. And so for you to like, and I'm not going to say he easily crumbled, but to get so close and then all of a sudden like, nah, never mind. You know, it's kind of like, okay, so what was all that about? Like, it just becomes, then now you do sound like a diva because it means like you were out here making all of these noise and throwing this tantrum. And at the end of the day, you still kind of conceded and you yeah. still put yourself, you're going to put the uniform again. And what happens if they win? What happens if they win the Super Bowl next year? Is he going to still walk away? Like, I don't know. So it's kind of like, it, to me, it's just weird that, you know, that he in the end kind of chose that because he, I I felt like I believed that this wasn't about money, that this was his yeah. principle. And then all of a sudden I'm now on your side where it's like, yeah, no, this is about money. Like at the end of the day, as long as he, he didn't want to miss out in collecting his checks and so on and so forth, which he's all entitled, entitled to do, to but it. I'm entitled to be like, you know what? That's kind of crappy. Up? So yeah. And, and then this gives, and, and this gives power to everyone, including myself who have thought from the beginning, like he was being a diva that disagreed with, with, where he was standing because I agreed with the Jordan love part. The fact that the, 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 the Packers wasted a first round pick rather than taking a guy like CD lamb, they wasted that first round pick on a, on his successor on the backup plan on the guy that, that they were going to go with for the future. I agreed with him with, from that standpoint, but from everywhere else, I disagreed, especially with the commentators saying that the Packers are doing him wrong. My guy has a so, like a really good team, a, num- a top two receiver. He, Dante Adams is a top two receiver. Has a top 10 running back. Has a top five O-line. Has a decent, not great, but decent defense that had three turnovers against Tom Brady in the NFC Championship and was one play away from getting to the Super Bowl, which if they would have gone to the Super Bowl playing against a hobbled uh, Patrick Mahomes, the Packers would have probably won that Super Bowl. Yeah. So, I mean, so much for the team not doing anything for you. They did so much that they had, they made, they built a solid team around you, a team that took you one play from getting to the Super Bowl. And if only you ran the ball in on third and goal rather than panicking and throwing it into the end zone, you mm-hmm. probably would have been in the, you probably would have been in the Super Bowl. But yet yeah. the blame all went to the coach. Oh, why didn't you give him the ball in fourth down? Well, he had three tries. He didn't make it in three tries when he was in the goal line. And we've built a solid team around this guy. We've given him everything that he wanted, but he's only holding on to the one year where we drafted a quarterback. That's, he's I mean, giving power to people who think like that by doing I mean, this. I, I don't completely agree with you because I think that, to me, his situation is similar to like what's happening with Damian Lillard in uh, – in Portland in basketball, even Bradley Beal. It's like where you have given, you've played for the team that brought you in. You have, because I know that everything that you said about the receiver, the running back and all that, and the offensive line, it's all true. But I also think that it's been happening over the past, maybe let's say three, four years or something like that, where these guys, they've started to, I guess, build, you know, around him a little bit more. But I think from when they won the championship was what, like 2009 2000, or something 2010, like that? 2010, I believe. Some, somewhere around that somewhere line. Around yeah, somewhere there. around that. I think that 
over, you know, that was like 10 years ago. So I think the, the relationship has been souring because up until, like you mentioned, Devontae Adams, you can't really say that they were going out there and making, you know, well, Aaron, Aaron Jones, top 10 running back, solid running back. Well, yeah, no, you're absolutely they right. They drafted AJ, Adrian Dillon, who's eventually going to take over Aaron Jones in the first round. So they've but, gotten him but offensive again, weapons. Recent. Like, think about it like this, if I'm not mistaken. Prior to Jordan Love, I think when we recorded an episode mm. earlier in the year or something like that, we said that over the past, I forgot how many years, in the first round, they had not made an offensive pick. That it was everything on the defensive side. On the defensive side. side. Right? So I think that that's been brewing. And the, the Jordan Love draft pick, when they do finally draft somebody on the offensive side of the ball, it was his replacement. So I think that that was like the nail in the coffin of his sour situation with management yeah. in Green Bay. So I think that that's been festering over years. And so he finally had enough. And so he won it out. But then that's where I'm saying where, like, if you want it out, then stick to your guns. Even if it costs you, going back to what we were saying in the previous conversation, you can't have it both ways. And yeah. so it sounds, and that's where I agree with you, that now it starts to sound like more diva behavior because now it, it seems like he wanted it both ways. Yeah. No, that's why I said, that's why I said we might not, we, we're going to obviously agree to disagree on that point, which is okay. But what I'm saying to that is then you're giving power to those who believe that way. That, that it was a diva they're, move. Yeah. You're giving power to them by signing, even if it's for one year. If you were true about what you were saying, man, this is left. too toxic, you would have left. And and yeah. maybe force the Packers to be like, yo, we're going to have to trade this dude for some value because we can't just lose the MVP of the league for absolutely nothing, which I agree with you from that standpoint. But, yeah, so that that's going to be a... a Interesting to see how it, it's going to unfold after this upcoming year. Um, yep, definitely going to be an interesting year in Green Bay. Uh, I mean, they just won super, uh, NBA championship out in Wisconsin. So, you know, <laughs> so maybe they're they're a little distracted. But I think when football season comes around, they're going to they're going to be having their eye on. So let's see what happens over there. That was a great segue into um, some basketball talk. Right. Because yeah. we've got the Olympics going on in Tokyo and the unexpected happened with um, the USA basketball team where they lost their first match against France, <laughs> 83 to 76. So this um, talented and we have the most athletic players in the country lost their first match. So I want to ask you the question then, do you think they've lost their dominance, um, the USA men's basketball team? I mean, yes, but not because they – they, um don't have the potential to be as dominant. I just think that people keep people. I think us entirely as basketball fans, as people who watch the Olympics, we still have 1992 on our brain. We still have that ultimate dream team of, you know, Michael Jordan, Larry Bird, Magic Johnson, Barkley, and the rest of those guys where we think, Yo, this is the team that we not in two in two respects that we have that that level of talent still, but more importantly that the people that that dream team were playing are still the same level of players, and that is where I think we're sadly mistaken. Listen, 
over the past 20 years, let's go back to 2000, and I can even go a little bit further back, we have seen the influx of international players making it to the NBA. Yeah. Because not because, you know, this is like what's a diversity thing, (laughs) but because these guys are good all over the world. You have, for example... Who put up 48 points, I think, in his in his team's game. Uh, Luka, Luka Doncic for Slovenia. He is arguably, what, probably top 10, I would say, players in the NBA right yeah. now. Like, you have so many guys that are talented around the world. Guys that we probably haven't even heard of. And they're out there and they're playing. And the other thing that I think we're forgetting is that these guys... I think the United States, let me start by that, has the best collection of talent. I think they have one of the worst teams. And by what I and what I mean by that is those guys that play internationally are playing together pretty much every summer. Whereas the NBA players, yo, they're just showing up three weeks or something like that. Cause usually as the and during the world championships and the qualifiers, isn't that the same guys? Yeah. It's just like they they start rotating or whatever. And then in the end, all they do is basically they're drafting all-stars. So you're having guys that are used to being the men, like the, the number one person on their team, for the most part. I know that they brought in JaVale McGee and a few <laughs> of these guys or whatever. But for the most part, it's guys like Damian Lillard, Kevin Durant, uh, Bradley Beal, who are either the number one or number two option on their teams, now having to fall in line and be a part of a team in which they're not the center point. They're not the focal point necessarily where you got other guys. So I think that you just have those two things. The international level has gone up, and we have to accept that. And that also that when it comes to our team, they're they're just put together last minute and we just think that the talent is going to be great enough because again we're still thinking about 1992 that the talent is going to be great enough that we're just going to come out here and steamroll everybody and the rest of the world is like nah man ain't going down like that so you know things may need to change listen i'm i'm a greg popovich fan Maybe he's not the right fit to be a coach in the into in uh, when it comes to olympic style basketball but whatever it is, is is like, I think that they're good. I think that they, I wouldn't be surprised if they end up winning the gold medal anyway. I just think for us to still have them at that standard says more about us paying attention to international basketball than it does about, you know, them losing their dominance. It's just people got better. Yeah, I've seen that, uh, the you know, the blame going around and, and solely going on Greg Popovich. And I've, I've personally disagreed with that. Because where I stand on this is I just think that where the NBA here in, in, in America, where the league is going here, we've said it. It's going more to the softer side where, you know, you're getting flagrant fouls for breathing on someone. That's, that's another wh- factor. That's where right. the league is headed. And now you're heading overseas to play in a league that's allowing people to play physical basketball, which these AAU guys, they ain't used to that. They're just not used to it. And then it you can see it where guys are complaining every single second because fouls aren't being called on them because they're playing physical basketball. 
Another thing I'll say is I don't even think it's much about yeah. So to that, I don't even think it's much about the competition itself. I think the style of basketball that's being played over there is just not what's being played on this side because they're playing more physical. You mentioned something about the opponents. I don't even think I, I, I might not agree with that either where, you know, the opponents may be better. Listen, remember that 2008 Spain team with the Gasol brothers? Yeah. Bro, that was – they gave that USA team in 2008, which was also great. Um, They gave them, you know, a run for their money. They could have actually won that that championship game in 2008. 2012, where we mentioned um those guys, where it was Carmelo, Kobe Bryant, LeBron James, Kevin Durant. They had an absolute – an absolute squad, bro. And I think that's the difference with this year's with this year's team. The physicality, they're just not used to it. And then you have guys like, you know, you don't have a Kobe Bryant anymore. Kobe never lost in the Olympics. <laughs> you don't have a guy like that anymore. LeBron James obviously is on the basically almost about to end his career. He's at, at the tail end of his career. You don't have yeah. a guy like him anymore. Steph Curry didn't play. When you mention the top five guys in the league, that are part of the USA team. They're not playing. That's also something that, that you know. With the exception of Kevin Durant. I with the say. exception of Kevin Durant, of course. But even with him, I've been critical of him. Even though I, I root for the guy, I root for the team that he plays for, I've been critical of him and how he plays with physical, with the physicalness when P.J. Tucker was all up on him and touching him and he was flaky all over the place. These guys aren't used to that style of basketball. And you can see it right now unfolding. They're complaining every time, and they're just not getting the calls. I mean, I, I, that point that you brought up about the game being played differently when it comes to, you know, international ball or Olympic basketball, I think that's a point that I completely missed. So props to you. I think that it is very different, and it's affecting the, the guys. I still think, though, that what I said about the talent being better, I think it, it matters because – Take, for example, the game against um, France, right? Where Evan, I, f- I don't want to mispronounce Four, his Fournier, name. Fournier, Fournier, whatever. From the Celtics, yeah. One of those two. Like, he's a guy that in the NBA is known as a, what, mostly like a spot-up shooter, three-point, decent three-point shooter or whatnot. But now over in playing for his team, for his country's team, first of all, there's, there's that part I think that I forgot. There's a level of pride. We don't know if these yeah. guys from the from the from the uh, um, USA men's basketball team, if they're playing f- for the love of pride and That's country, right. because for them, basketball is just strictly about the money part, collecting that money. Whereas these guys, this is their time to shine. There is pride. We know we can see it when it comes to football or as we call it here, soccer, where their level of fandom of passion for the, their sports over there the only thing that still comes close to that nowadays is the NFL. Yeah. Over here. So you guys have, you guys, you have these guys that are over there on the international stage are being used different than they are being here. And when you add the pride factor, they're just yeah. like, yo, this yeah, is my time true. to step up. And so that's what I'm saying that the talent matters because now you have a guy who Maybe if, if somebody gives Evan Fournier a, a chance to run the, the offense around him or whatever, he'll play better. But France is like, yo, you're our guy. You're one of our main guys. Go do it. And I think that that matters. You know, <clears throat> again, take Luca. Like, dude, like, Luca with his talent, 
it doesn't matter what country he would be from. Or who he plays you know with. What I mean? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it, he would still put up the numbers, and he's a guy that could take, let's say, a somewhat good team, keep them in the game, and then it comes to matter of, like, hey, just dropping the right bucket. I know he just finished playing in the NBA Finals. What if Giannis was playing over in Greece? Yeah. Wh what kind of level? What kind of would impact? He, would he have? Exactly. That's the right word, right word. Excuse me. What kind of impact would he have now on the Greece team where he, if they were like middle of the road, could easily now be like at least contending for, for a medal. So you have a lot of these guys spread out through the rest of the world. You mentioned the Gasol brothers back in Spain, where these are guys that are impactful in the NBA that now and go and play for their country with a new sense of, of, of pride and that that matters. And so like back in those back in the days, like you didn't really know about like the guys in the, You knew about here and there about the guys that the dream team played, for example, that made their way to the NBA. I think even when those teams that you're talking about were like with Kobe and LeBron and so on and so forth, where they were already some level of NBA talent, but it's nothing like what we have now. Yeah, and, the way, and what they had to do was, if you remember, they actually brought out the talent in 2008 because in 2004... Don't forget about that Argentina team as well. Exactly. With Scola, Ginobili, and these guys, Navarro, like these guys, that, that was those were great teams, That's bro. That's what I'm saying. And what happened in 2008? They brought out Kobe. They brought out LeBron. They brought out all the big guns, and it's exactly what they did again in 2012 because they were like, yo, these international teams, they can, they can ball, That's, so we're going to yeah. bring our best. And I just don't think USA, I don't think they've done that. Yeah, no, you're absolutely. I think you're you're absolutely right in that regard. That the USA team isn't like the best that it could be, but that's why I'm saying it also matters where there is no lack of continuity. Because yep. I'm sure if you take this same USA team and you make them play together, not even like a full year, but like they play together every summer, by the next Olympics they'll be just as talented or as dominant as what we oh, know yeah. the USA mas basketball team comes together. So I think that that does play a factor, but I do believe that the international talent is better and teams are going to, yo, the USA is going to have to be like, yo, either we're going to bring up the big guns or we're going to have to make these guys play a couple of years together, a couple of summers together. So by the time that the Olympics roll around, it's more of a team than just a collection of talent. And maybe, and I'll end with uh, my part with this, is maybe hopefully the NBA looks at this and they say, yo, maybe we got to stop being so dang soft. So when we send our players overseas, they don't look soft. That is, that's a very valid point. Very valid point. So we'll see what they do. But, uh, you know, I also think that we also have to keep a little perspective because they come if they come out here and they run the table and they start smashing people, then all this conversation about dominance is going to go right oh, yeah. back out. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? So I think it's a lot of it is prisoner of the moment because, again, the level of expectation yeah. that we have, and it's all based on that 1992 team. Oh, yeah. Where this is like almost 30 years later, and we still think that we're that kind of dominant and that the rest of the world is kind of that uh, submissive when it comes to talent. And so... We'll see how it goes. I think it's still too early to kind of just throw the, the, the white flag on them. And so we'll see what happens. But I think that the, I think they'll be high.
but that's gonna do it for us today that um yeah i think we're gonna wrap up the episode right there we want to say thank you as we always do every week to everybody who's listens to us on whatever audio medium you have whether that's uh spotify apple podcast google podcast or whatnot and then on social media everybody that goes out there supports our videos uh, shares them, comments, all that stuff. We we always appreciate people that are part of our conversations. We want you to continue to be a part of our conversations and just, you know, keep supporting us and keep rocking with us. But that's going to do it for us today. This is the latest edition of the Pull Up and Chat podcast. I'm Victor. That's Juan. Yo, we out, mi gente. Peace.